gentlemen seven o'clock on a saturday night and as usual that means it's time for the other podcast i'm your host robert stacy mccain and i'm not hello folks it's john hogue the other guy on the other podcast and yes i do have a cold that i'm getting over and uh um, exotic beautiful almost but not quite downtown uh <laughs> valdosta how are you doing Diana? I am absolutely great. I ran a, well, walked really, a community 5K this morning, and I supported a great cause. Very good. What cause was that? Uh, The James Eunice Memorial Foundation. Um, Young man, just turned 18, uh, drowned on a hunting trip, and his parents founded a small foundation in his memory. Oh, well, that's great then. Well, uh, how is the weather in Valdosta? Um, trying to rain, but not making it. <laughs> Sounds like here. Is it warm? Uh, 60s, mid. Yeah. Well, yeah. we're supposed to have freezing weather for sunrise services tomorrow. Yes, oh, that'll yes, be yes. fun. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a, 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 a cold front has yeah. descended upon the Potomac Basin. But Oh, uh, well. Yeah. But, but there, 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 there is there is there are more interesting things happening of personal natures though, and Stacy, I promised you a surprise. I've been in the bathroom uh, relieving myself, and I see that you have a new toothbrush. <laughs> what? He has a new toothbrush. Paw Patrol. You keep the, uh, how, how long do the batteries last? <laughs> no, that's, that's my grandson. Oh, okay. They have the Paw Patrol toothbrush. And no, we're not talking about the CNN. CNN yet. Oh, uh, yeah, there's enough other craziness going on in the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good Speaking Lord. Of the, uh, Valdosta crime wave continues. It continues. Authorities are investigating a Friday shooting that left both a female victim and the gunman dead. Lowndes mm-hmm. County Sheriff's Office deputies responded to a domestic mm-hmm. dispute involving weapons on Camellia Drive. They found Jada Brown, 18, in a parking lot with a gunshot wound. A male subject fled the area on foot while armed. Brown was taken to South Georgia Medical Center where she died. The gunman... Mm-hmm was tracked by a canine unit and a nearby resident told authorities an unknown man was hiding on their property. Mm -hmm. The suspect, identified as Brian Hodges, 40, was Mm -hmm. located in an outside shed. He was dead from an apparent self-inflicted gunshot wound. Well, let's say they're leaving off the three hours of the guy shouting at them and shouting back and forth with them. Oh, there was a standoff, was there? It sort of semi. I mean, I've um, I've heard a couple people trying to explain, um, trying to make this clear. It sounds like it was all took place in the dark, um, in a kind of a wooded area, and there seems to have been a vast amount of confusion. Um, evidently, he finally went to the shed. Most of the time, evidently, he was moving around on the wooded property. Um, it's really strange stuff. Um, well, what do you expect that the, uh, a news organization, even a small town newspaper, would actually publish facts? Uh, um, our small town newspaper is incredibly bad at writing. I mean, half the time you can't make sense of what happened in the story. So, yeah. Well, there's a whole lot of things that don't make sense. Uh, for example, <laughs> uh, Bud Light. 
<laughs> oh my lord, what are they thinking? Well, I had a post Bud Light, Dylan uh, Mulvaney, and Truth in Advertising, and I'm going to read the entirety of the post. <laughs> Both are crude fakes. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that covers said, it. A, 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 a man pretending to be a woman promoting badly, promoting a, be a beverage pretending to be beer. Yes. The canoe sex, yeah, it's canoe sex beer. Yes, um, I'm not sure it's that good. You're describing something like Coors Light there. Ah, uh, maybe I don't know. I don't drink. Um, I don't drink light beer. If I'm going to drink beer, I drink an. I drink a good brown ale. Well, you know, uh, uh, the are you pondering that went up at noon today <laughs> says, I think so, Brain, but that would require replacing the Clydesdales with furries. Ah! <laughs> uh, and I, and, but yes, it's, you know, the, 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 the typical assay, uh, chemical assay of Bud Light uh, basically <laughs> says the horse has diabetes. <laughs> It may actually be one of those do not breed from these, this officer. <laughs> yes. Anyway, but uh, Stacy, on the other hand, was dealing with more earth shattering news through the week. He had a lot of good posts this week. He uh, did. And, uh, early on, you had a, 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 an initial summary of what was going on with Trump and his indictment. Making history not in a good way. Witness the dawning of Soviet America, I quote Athena Thorne from Pajamas Media, mm -hmm. in a historic first of shredded norms and judicial weaponization, at least in the formerly exceptional United States, a former president and current front-running presidential candidate has been arraigned on criminal charges. Donald Trump arrived in New York City on Monday to face charges conjured up by Soros-backed Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg through a grand jury process in the near universally Trump-hating city. The former president spent the night in his luxurious upscale quarters in the landmark Trump Tower in Midtown Manhattan. On Tuesday, the former president reported to the DA's office and courthouse at 100 Center Street to be fingerprinted and processed just before 2 p.m. In a blow to slobbering leftists everywhere, the coveted mug shop was not taken. Democrats and Trump derangement sufferers mm. had been expected to use the image for historic purposes reflecting the seriousness of the charges and the gravitas of the situation, such as printed toilet tissue, dark boards, Trump for President Prison 2024 t-shirts, and similar hate aids. Nor was the once and possibly future president handcuffed, most likely because the Secret Service detail pointed out that it would be ludicrous to handcuff a man surrounded by Secret Service agents. From there, true. the front-running Republican candidate in the 2020 presidential race appeared before New York Supreme Court Judge Juan Merchant at 2.29 p.m. The historic charges that are serious enough to warrant turning the United States into a banana republic and dividing her citizens against one another were finally unsealed. They included 34 counts of falsification of business records, which is a misdemeanor in New York State, but which Bragg had tortured into felonies. Yeah, for a crime that isn't specified in the indictment. Yes. All and, by itself. Yeah, that and I, is... I concluded, where were you when the Republic died, Grandpa? Well, our, our, our friend uh, Film Stocking Lad. Stocking up on ammo? Our, our, our friend Film Lad uh, mm -hmm. had a, a comment in the comment section. Mm -hmm. This business will get out of control. It will get out of control and we'll be lucky to live through it. To yep. which I responded, Arthur Branch was unavailable for comment, to which uh, <laughs> Film Lad responded, I miss Fred Thompson. 
So does and my then, husband. <laughs> well, and then there was a subsequent response to that that uh, said, I miss Madame La- Defarge. Mm. <laughs> and, and then you would Give me my knitting a... needles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Guillotine. Vlad <laughs> Ellinger, yes, 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 as the tumbrils roll across the cobblestones toward the, uh, the scaffold. Well, you know, there there are some similarities with the French Revolution with what's going mm. on here. Yes, and speaking of history, yeah, let's go a little further here. back. Okay, uh, let's let's like like try for another five or six hundred years. Carta and Alvin Bragg is the my post from today. Uh, in which I uh, cite a post I wrote uh, nearly four years ago, by the way, mm-hmm. about our, our good friend Bob Belvedere's, our late friend Bob Belvedere's book. <laughs> the failure of our education system to teach America's young people their own history is perhaps best illustrated by the fact that almost no one under 40 today knows anything about Sam Adams except as a popular brand of beer. Mm. And, uh, um, and, at least, and at least it is better than Bud Light. Yeah, in, in yeah. 1771, Sam Adams wrote that our liberties were mm. purchased with toil and danger and expensive mm-hmm. treasure and blood. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a time... Uh, when American- For those of you who don't know your dates, that's five years ahead of the American Revolution. Yeah, he was a uh, Declaration uh, of Independence. Come yeah. on, 17th, yeah. 17th of April, 75. Hardly a man is now alive. Yes, and, and I'm yes, sorry. We, we used to know that kind of stuff, and, and, and we used to know um, most people understood Magna Carta. Yep. Uh, which King John was uh, forced to sign uh, after a baronial rebellion. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, but even further back than that, when Henry uh, first. Henry, Henry the first uh, uh, assumed the throne. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, after uh, William Rufus, who yes, was who died with an arrow through his eye. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but uh, it, but when Henry the first took the throne, he issued mm-hmm. what was known as the Charter of, Charter Liberties, of Liberties in eleven hundred. Okay, mm-hmm. that's that's if you're counting, that's nine hundred and twenty three years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, um, all of this is is taken for granted by most Americans. Okay, uh, that <laughs> our rights. Be including um, uh, the right to trial by jury Mm -hmm. and uh, those proceedings which are summarized in the Fifth Amendment by the Mm -hmm. phrase due process of law. Uh, (laughs) There was a post linked by Sarah Hoyt uh, Mm -hmm. overnight uh, uh, which says Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg's Mm -hmm. indictment of Trump is a constitutional obscenity. Mm-hmm. Bragg has crafted an indictment that denies Trump his most fundamental constitutional right mm-hmm. to know the criminal charges against him. Yep. That is a right with a thousand year old pedigree in English mm-hmm. and American law. And mm-hmm. uh, I have, this is a theme I have uh, returned to several times. Uh, in recent months, uh, the fact that uh, that our rights are an inheritance, okay? Yes. And, and if you don't know uh, the history of your rights, if you mm-hmm. don't realize that our rights exist as we know them because people were willing to fight and die for mm-hmm. them, okay, uh, you're you're liable to uh, take your li- rights lightly, and that's how mm-hmm. we lose them. And so, uh, what uh, Alvin Bragg is doing uh, should be regarded as an insult to every American. Well, yes, it should. Especially, you know, it's um, here's the thing: a lot of people don't realize um, Henry First was a tyrant. Um, the the nation of England lay under him and didn't even dare groan. It took extreme courage to, ex- to uh, exercise your right to a jury trial uh, when faced with Henry I. Um, 
there were people, um, I, I'm not going to go into the history of this and I'm not going to discuss some of the stories associated with it, but it's worth looking up. There are four or five people who can be regarded as, uh, as martyrs to liberty. Well, and to, push, first and to push things back a little further, these rights that are, were being secured by these various things by mm -hmm. the Norman kings were mm -hmm. rights that actually had developed in Anglo-Saxon England uh, uh, before 1066. Mm -hmm. Yes, so, because you know, of the, but, the system of kingship that they had, yes. But the, uh, well, even the idea that you would, uh, a trial would be by jury. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that is something that's particularly Anglo-Saxon. Mm -hmm. And those rights are, are well, you know, the branch yes, of government, that that, the, the branch of government that's supposed to mm -hmm. secure those mm -hmm. rights is the judiciary. Yep. Uh, the daughter of the Manhattan judge presiding in the Trump criminal case is a Democratic political strategist mm -hmm. who worked for the congressional campaign of Democrat uh, Representative Adam, Adam Schiff. Schiff. Um, and Schiff was deeply involved in the first impeachment uh, of Trump. But there's nothing to see here. Move along. Mm -hmm. right. um, don't forget that uh, Marshawn himself is a contributor to Democrat causes. He should have recused himself, but he hasn't. Yeah. Well, anyway, at least uh, we have... Uh, <laughs> at least we have, like I said, the ability to move along... And unfortunately, the next place we're moving along to is British Columbia. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. yes. Oh, no. Y'all, y'all, by the way, we, we, uh, uh, usually, uh, uh, this program ends with a segment we call Crazy People Are Dangerous. But this week has been so crazy <laughs> that. The that back half of the show is about various kinds of crazies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the idea that Jessica Yaniv is not <sighs> crazy enough this week to qualify for. Uh, 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 but some of you may have forgotten the uh, notorious Canadian pervert, Jonathan, a.k.a. Jessica Yaniv. Okay. Uh, you may remember... Uh, uh, the last time we checked up uh, was in 2020, January 2020, uh, when Jessica Yaniv had been arrested on charges of assaulting a Canadian journalist outside a uh, uh, courthouse. Mm -hmm. uh, and this involved a series of, of uh, <laughs> legal actions in which Yaniv became notorious for going to salons, and in case you haven't guessed, Yaniv is quote-unquote transgender, uh, became notorious for going to salons and seeking genital waxing, uh, and then filing complaints of discrimination when the female who provided this service at salons uh, refused to uh, perform the treatment, which is how the hashtag mm. I'm trying not what? to laugh, how the hashtag wax my balls <laughs> became <laughs> synonymous with Jessica Yaniv. But there's good news. Uh, good news about uh, Jessica Yaniv is namely that uh, uh, he or she will no longer uh, be filing wax my balls uh, lawsuits. Uh, well, actually, this one may actually qualify for the gender uh, of neuter. I mean, we may be, uh, it may be yeah. uh, uh, correct here. Uh, he uh. she finally underwent gender gender confirmation surgery in January 2021. Uh. That's the good news, okay? Uh -uh. The bad news is there were post-operative uh, complications, complications. Oh. Yes, that led Yaniv to, oh, you're going to be surprised, file a lawsuit <laughs> against a Vancouver clinic. And as I said on the blog, whatever you do, do not <laughs> click the link because... 
Uh, uh-uh. You do not want to see the results. No, no, you uh, do not. <laughs> at, that uh, have been uh, photographically revealed. It could the- just be that he was just not cut out to be a girl. Uh, yeah, yeah. The folks at Kiwi Farms, you, you know, the Kiwi Farms, by the way, was almost taken offline uh, mm-hmm. back during the great cancellation furor. Uh, mm-hmm. But apparently they're back up. And the folks in the uh, comments at Kiwi Farms use the phrase gaping axe wound uh, to describe the result of Yaniv's surgery. And and like I said, it's 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 very bad. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, uh, there's court documents online uh. and uh, Jessica Yaniv, despite uh uh, the uh, surgery, right? Okay, because because the surgery is supposed to solve all these problems, but uh-huh. Yaniv has been charged with an assaulting an elderly resident of the apartment building where his mother lives. Uh, Yaniv is reportedly banned from that property. And speaking of places where Yaniv is reportedly banned from, uh-huh. this would include the campus of Simon Fraser University, where Yaniv is enrolled as a student but cannot act, uh, but can only attend via online classes because of some kind of drama involving fe- fellow students. Now, I, I, I could, didn't read into everything that this was about, but uh, Yaniv has been accused of racism in, in this, mm. uh, and I don't understand how that comes up. But, anyways, uh, but Yaniv is running for the university student senate. Oh. Uh, but uh, Jessica Yaniv, and this is as weird as it gets, folks, no longer uses his or her uh, surname. Now, he, she is calling himself, herself, guess what? Jessica Simpson, right? No, come on. Basically stealing uh, somebody's uh, identity. And uh, but on the other hand, I would think that, that this had to be a relative of Homer. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, oh God. Let's you, you, see, you see a picture of the before and a half picture uh, before and after pictures of Jonathan slash Jessica Yaniv. And you say to yourself, if there was ever a worse candidate, <laughs> right, for transgenderism. The only reason I'm not gigging you on uh, Rule 5 is the fact that this guy's got a, a, a Y chromosome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just saying that the idea that, well, I'm an ugly and unpopular man. Maybe I'll be happy as an ugly and unpopular woman. I I don't know. I don't get that logic, you know. But anyways, but that is uh, until further developments on the Jessica Yaniv front. That is your wax my your wax my balls up. Well, we have one more. Uh, We have one more insane person to deal with Uh before we get to the crazy people are dangerous. Uh, and uh, was did you guys know about this before I sent you the email? Oh or? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Thank you okay. for sending me the yes, email. I, yes, yeah. okay. I, I, yeah, I was working on my post when the email popped up. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay, but but yes, uh, it's good. It's you know, we, it's good that that uh, to get leads from various mm-hmm. places. Anyway, uh, the gentle listener may remember uh, Rebecca Jones, uh, who who can't uh, do basic math. <laughs> well, not only that, but uh, she's a drama queen mm. uh, um, who was kicked out of the university uh, PhD program, University of Florida, for getting involved with uh, for having uh, sex in the classroom with a student. Let's yeah, not under- let's let's not dress this up well and uh well but to the point uh, and continuing to go after the guy to the point where he had to get a restraining order mm-hmm. and there she there's still a a, a criminal case pending against her for stalking um mm-hmm. but anyway uh, she became a, the darling of uh the miami herald and that uh <laughs> part of the media when she started telling lies about uh 
what the DeSantis administration was doing in terms of COVID response. Uh, and uh, she, while she was up here in Maryland uh, for a mm -hmm. while, she uh, got into it with uh, Christina Peshaw before Christina got hired uh, in Florida uh, and uh, filed a, a false uh, peace order petition against that, which of course failed. Uh, mm -hmm. She she filed. She started uh, uh, the pr process to run uh, for uh, uh, Congress here in Maryland. She would have been uh, on the ballot for Stacey, and uh, <laughs> uh, and uh, to to to. De she did run against Matt Gates in. Uh, and then she then she wound up running against Matt, Matt Gates in Florida, and I think she lost by like three to one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, she lost bad. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, why am I bringing her up again? Well. She got on the Twitters uh, claiming that Ron DeSantis had had her son arrested in retaliation against her family. Uh, and the, the idea was her, the kid had, had put up a meme that somebody didn't like. Um, she was lying. In fact, her son was wanted because of threats he had made uh, at his school mm -hmm. and aimed at his school. And there's video footage from the front door of the sheriff's station of uh, Jones turning her son in. Yep. Now, I've met Jones. Mm. Um, when she was in, doing the stuff with Christina Peshaw, that was so similar to what was going on with Brett Kimber when I decided to cover that case. Mm -hmm. And um, I've watched her demeanor in the court hearings. And uh, I've spoken with her. Uh, when she approached me on the courthouse steps after one of the hearings, thinking mm. that I was there to uh, do, you know, to uh, blog in her favor. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, the look in her eye. Um, well, like Stacy says, crazy people are dangerous. Yeah, she's got those uh, crazy eyes, and uh, and you know the 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 thing is, and, and people. <laughs> I think a lot of people don't realize mm. uh, that at the time she came out as a quote unquote whistleblower uh, in 2000 uh, in claiming that her claim was that somehow these uh, COVID statistics mm -hmm. in, in Florida were being manipulated or, mm -hmm. and, and somehow this was, Ron DeSantis is deceiving people, and there was no basis at all for that claim. And she, she was indicted for felony uh, computer crimes related to mm -hmm. that. And she was never, she never went to trial because rather than plead the thing, she uh, cut a deal to go into some, a diver, basically a diversion program, mm -hmm. something like uh, probation before judgment that we have here in Maryland. Mm -hmm. She keeps her nose clean. She had to admit guilt, and if she keeps mm -hmm. her nose clean, uh, they'll uh, hold the trial for uh, some number of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. Anyways, but the um, but it's it's just uh, you know that it, it, Christina Pushaw the the way she came to the attention of. Um, of uh, Rebecca Jones was that she mm. wrote an excellent article, an investigative article in Human, Human, Event, Events, Human Events, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, that exposed what a bogus uh, person Rebecca Jones is, and mm -hmm. and and this resulted in um, uh, Rebecca Jones seeking a peace order and abusing the it's a lawfare process, trying to do. Mm -hmm. To mm. her, what uh, uh, Brett Kimberlin did to Aaron Walker, mm -hmm. and to me, yeah, and to uh, several, and his wife, and several other people. Mm -hmm. All right, then. Well, oh, you know, but you don't have to be brain damaged to be evil, but it helps. <laughs> yes. Well, oh. her kid is is. I, I'm sorry, but this kid, I'm. I just have all sorts of bad feelings about this. Yeah. Um, could they, t if they could take this kid away from her, maybe he'd be turn out okay. But wow, it may be too late for that now. Maybe. Uh, and speaking Typ of typically, age four is when it becomes too late. 
Well, anyways, uh, speaking of brain damaged people, John Fetterman. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, I, I, well, actually, let's not talk about him just yet. Let's uh -oh. talk about the yellow button that's right next to Oh, him. okay. All right. Mm. Okay. So, <laughs> folks, we have reached the shameless capitalism part of the program where I tell you that if you go to my blog, theothermccain.com, and look near the top of the center column, you will see a yellow button with the word donate on it. If you will click the yellow button, it will take you to my PayPal account where you can donate dollars, pesos, shekels, euros, yen, whatever currency you've got, except Russian rubles. Uh, you can donate through PayPal to help support the blog, to help support this podcast, and, of course, to keep my wife happy because my wife likes it when I make money off of this, and keeping my wife happy is always job one. Meanwhile, over at my good friend John Hogue's blog, hogwash.com. Yeah, well, you know, one of these days I should probably tell people that it's spelled H-O-G-E-W-A-S-H. Mm -hmm. The joke is it's hogwash with the E added. Mm -hmm. Um Anyway, uh, the uh, sidebar there over on the right has got an icon of a tip jar. I click on that, uh, and all you go out on taking away to PayPal for my account, and it's the same spiel Stacy did about everything except keeping my wife happy. Unfortunately, uh, I've been without a wife for the last uh, six years. But uh, we, you can also shop at the Hogwash store. There's a link there, or you can shop using the Amazon shopping links. You'll find it both our blogs. Um, and at other blogs uh, around the interwebs, this is a the Amazon affiliate program is something that Amazon does to help bloggers. Uh, we get a little cut of the action when you use those links. It's it's a nice thing they do. Regardless of how you choose to support us, please remember the five most important words in the English language. Hit the freaking tip jar. Yes, and that will uh, help pay for Stacy's insightful analysis of the uh, senator of Pennsylvania. Oh, yes. boy. John Fetterman. Um, uh, I, 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 an interesting case of uh, uh, media bias, which, as I explained, uh, is best understood by thinking of a heavy wind blowing into the faces of Republicans, a 10-point uh, disadvantage from this hostile headwind. Oh, by the way, as I warned the people, whole back end is about crazy people who are dangerous right now mm -hmm. crazy politicians who are dangerous yes uh and this headwind provides uh for republicans is also a tailwind for democrats so that everything is shifted in democrats favor because everything republicans do is made to seem wrong and scandalous mm -hmm while everything Democrats do is noble and courageous. And there are occasions when this is so obvious that it's like the media are serving up Democrat helper, a steaming dish of one-sided <laughs> bias. Just add a Democrat politician and stir. Uh, my good friend Matt Margolis, which, by the way, I slept on his sofa once when I, we were when I was in the New York 23, covering the New York 23 special election in 2009. Um, uh, it, uh, he lives over near Buffalo, and I, I one, one night I crashed on his sofa. So Matt Margolis uh, at PJ Media, uh, he has called attention to how CBS Sunday morning anchor Jane Polly did a recent interview with John Fetterman, the Democrat who was elected U.S. Senator from Pennsylvania, despite suffering traumatic brain damage from a stroke shortly before the Democratic primary last May. Hmm. Uh, sh shortly after he was inaugurated, it became apparent that Fetterman was incapable of filling the duties of his office, and in February, his staff came up with the genius idea of concealing the senator's cognitive incapacity by having him admitted to Walter Reed Hospital uh, for treatment of depression, okay? Mm -hmm. and, and the idea that depression 
right? It's his real problem as opposed mm. to the, 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 the fact that his uh, brain, it's a bad brain, uh, to mm. quote uh, uh, Victor von Frankenstein. Uh, but Fetterman should resign, okay? I mean, anyone can look at this and see that this guy is not able to do it. But what CBS did, right, to conceal John Fetterman's condition is, and it's, it was kind of clever. Uh, they, they, but it was obvious if you saw what they were doing. Uh, during the well, interview, they used two cameras, one mm -hmm. with a uh, tight close-up uh, of Fetterman and the other one with a wider shot. And so that whenever he was speaking, it would cut between the two shots, okay, to make you think that they were doing this for variety rather than actually cutting out parts where he was incoherent. Mm. So this was a patched together interview. And if you watch the whole thing, this whole whole thing is about 10 minutes long. This segment is about 10 minutes long. But you get barely a minute of, of Fetterman actually speaking, okay? Mm. It's surrounded by a lot of exposition uh, from Jane Polly talking about mm -hmm. Fetterman's struggle, you know, about how heroic he is for courageously overcoming misfortune. Now, I spent a lot of time in the 60s uh, doing radio news and mm -hmm. standing there in front of an Ampex 300 or Ampex 351 tape recorder with tape and a razor blade and mm -hmm. uh, and sticky tape, putting stuff together. And it's a whole lot easier to do that now. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, if I am ever interviewed now, I leave mm -hmm. my iPhone on recording. So I've got mm -hmm. everything. I've got mm -hmm. everything myself, you know, because once again, if they can, if you can edit to make somebody look good, you can edit to make somebody look evil. Oh That's Yeah. That's right. And, and it's this, this whole segment is just propaganda, the whole point of which is to help Democrats maintain the fiction that Fetterman is capable of functioning as a U.S. senator so that they can avoid the risk and expense of a special election to fill the seat. Now, I'm told by commenters, and I don't know this myself, that there is a date certain in August Yes. That if they can get him, keep him in office until August, mm -hmm. right, then uh, then there doesn't have to be a special election to fill the seat under Pennsylvania yep. law. Yep. And so so all they've got to do is float him along another four months or so. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, Democratic governor of Pennsylvania uh, gets to appoint his replacement. Right. And guess who it will be? Who? His wife. <laughs> yeah, probably. Anyway, you know, like I said, I used to do this kind of editing, usually just to uh, put uh, the, the, the stuff that, you know, you, you've talked to somebody for 15 minutes and you've got to get it into a 30 second actuality for a five minute newscast. Mm. But yeah. Splicing mm, is it, what it's known as yeah. well, editing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, or, and, and splicing the, the stuff together because you may, you may uh, splice uh, something. What you may do is take something you talked about at the head end of the conversation. The speaking and, of the word splice. Mm -hmm. uh, when, um, uh, when my boys, my twin boys were about 11 years mm -hmm. old, we, we uh, uh, started uh, building a fireworks show for the 4th <laughs> of July. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I was showing them how to do the fuses. And I said, well, just splice that into that. And, and, and they looked at me and said, what does splice mean? It's splice <laughs> even a word? No, it's a real word. Yes, it is you know? a real it's word. A, mm -hmm. Splice is a real word. Yes, and they thought I'd made up that word <laughs> and, <laughs> to splice the fuse. Well, anyway, like I said, I was doing that back in Nashville, and there's been other crazy stuff going on with mm. politicians oh in goodness. Nashville today. Oh, uh, and uh, the the 
uh, basically, the, my summary post uh, from uh, Thursday night was uh, two down, one skates. I started off with one down, two to go, and then it was one down, one skates, one appending, and then two down, one to go. A Tennessee House of Representatives adopted a couple of resolutions to expel mm -hmm. Justin Jones, who's a Democrat from Nashville, mm -hmm. and Justin Pearson, Democrat from Memphis, uh, mm -hmm. for their misbehavior uh, during uh, a gun control demonstration on the floor of the House of Representatives in Nashville. Now, um, the House failed to adopt a resolution to expel Gloria Johnson, a Democrat from Knox County, where Knoxville is, for her participation in the same disturbance. And people have been trying to sort this out. I think that I don't now, get it. Oh, I think I can. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, the two uh, young black men are just angry people, and uh, they were yelling about uh, not being that people wouldn't agree with them. Uh, oh, come on! No, no, I no, I watched the proceeding. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, okay. And Let that, me ask you something, John. Yes. Of all homicides. Uh, committed last year in the state of Tennessee, what percentage of them do you think were committed in the districts represented by those two, uh, those oh, two oh, okay. Democrats? Okay, right? in, the, in the case of Jones, um, now you got to remember there are 99 very equally apportioned districts, so 1% would be their fair share. And that's mm -hmm. probably the case for Jones in his district. Okay. Mm. Uh, on the other hand, I would bet that it would probably be upward of um, 10% mm. uh, for Joe, uh, for uh, uh, Pearson. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, because he's got a, uh, uh, Jones has got a piece of Nashville that includes uh, uh uh, a very stable area and Memphis is Memphis. In 2022, there were 105 homicides mm. in Nashville. Okay. Okay. Look at how many there were in Memphis. No. Oh. Uh, okay. Do we All have right. to? Because well, it's going to be you sad. You keep going. I'll, I'll get there. Yeah. Okay. But the, uh, there the, were 247 murders and 55 other homicides in Memphis in in, in 2022. Oh, well. oh wow! Okay, homicide. The homicide could have wound up being manslaughter. It could have been a righteous police shoot, something like that. But mm. anyway, the point is, is that the, these young men were completely unapologetic about what they were doing. Mm. And their whole thing was uh, that the people who were bringing the resolution or who might support it were the bad guys. Oh, um, honestly. Gloria Johnson, on the other hand, is an awful. Um, okay. And mm -hmm. uh, by that, I mean a uh, 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 white liberal female. Mm. And, uh, and and she uh, she um, had the good sense to say, yeah, what I did was wrong. I apologize. Okay, and but she'll do her, it again, won't she? Well, here's the thing: she got one person to change his vote <sighs> or her vote, and the motion against her failed by that one vote. Oh, honestly. You know, so that's, that, you know, that's what's going on there. Mm. Um, uh, and, of course, the spin has been just absolutely insane. Mm. Are you all right there, John? Yeah. Oh, I'm just having a little uh, post-nasal drip stuff that uh, wants me to uh, blow my nose, so I'm going to mute the mic while I do that. That might be good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh. That, uh, that was the crazy politicians who were dangerous. Now we're going for it with crazy artificial intelligence. This is our dangerous. <laughs> now, 55 years ago, 2001 uh, opened, mm -hmm. and I went to see it a couple of days later at the Bellamy Theater in Nashville, uh, which doesn't exist anymore, but it was, mm -hmm. the, it was the premier theater of the theater chain there. It was set up for Cinerama. 
Mm. And they were showing the Sanorama version of the, the film, which is just absolutely beautifully staggering. And the photography is mm -hmm. excellent. Anyway, the 21st century exploration of space really hasn't turned out like the suggestions in the film. Uh, I mean, we've got two space stations in orbit right now, the Chinese one and the International Space Station, and none of them seem to be quite as extensive as Space Station 5 mm. that's pictured in the movie. Uh, there are no manned bases on the moon. Wow. And, and no one's been to the moon for 50 years. Mm. And, and, and no one's been flown on low Earth orbit uh, since Apollo 17, let alone been on a flight to Jupiter. Yeah. On the other hand, none of the AIs that we've dealt with so far have turned out to be how yet. Yet. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. On the other hand, maybe we can have an AI that would actually clean up Chicago. Oh, they would huh. for Chicago. Uh, uh, not crazy voters are dangerous is how John's selling this. Chicago votes for more crime was my headline about, uh, about the, the fact that Chicago has elected, believe it or not, someone worse than <laughs> Mayor Lori Lightfoot. Uh, you know, Mayor Lori Lightfoot, who I've dubbed Mayor Frogface. I, I will give him the fact that he's not as ugly. Yeah, no, nobody is as ugly. Uh, as she, well, well I don't know. Jessica like a Frog. special kind of ugly. Uh, but anyways, uh, Mayor Frogface uh, got voted out of office in the Democratic primary. A uh, momentary flare of hope. <laughs> yes, uh, which has now come crashing down as the, uh, as uh, I quote, Hang on a second. Jazz Shaw from Hot Air. The residents of the Windy City were offered a choice between someone who wanted to build, rebuild the Chicago Police Department and bring down the crime rates mm. and someone who was on the record saying he wanted to defund the police. By the slimmest of margins, a bare majority of voters decided to stick with the carjacking epidemic because it's been working out so so well thus far, <sighs> I suppose. Progressive candidate Brandon Johnson bested pro-cop Paul Vallis with a 51.4 to 48.6 margin. <sighs> and uh, he goes on to say that the... Um, runoff really came down to a question of race. Mm. Uh, Vallas is white. Johnson is black. Alderwoman Jeanette Taylor was making the rounds of every political rally in the city and preaching about the need to hold together, quote unquote, our black and brown coalition. Oh. And and Jashaw is lamenting this, but I think it's actually worse than Jashaw may realize mm -hmm. because uh, this election was racially polarized in a shocking mm -hmm. way. Uh, Jackson got his highest percentage of the vote in majority black wards where crime is the worst. Some uh -huh. of these wards have less than 1% white population. Now, uh, people don't realize it. Chicago, not any place in the South, but Chicago is the most segregated city in America. Well, it's segregated in lots of ways. Uh, my brother-in-law, um, who has moved further out from the, and is outside the city now, at mm. one point was the only registered Republican in his precinct. I mean, oh they, literally, they literally, after he voted on primary day, they could could uh, close one of the booths. Yeah, I, I took a look at the results <sighs> and uh, compared them to um, the official ward map, which breaks it down by demographic mm. categories. And um, in the one, two, three, four, five, six wards where Johnson got more than 80% of the vote, uh, the white population of those districts ranged from 5% to 
to oh. less than 1%, okay? And, and some oh. of these districts are 95% black. Oh. Uh, now, now the, the thing is, is that the population of the city itself is 29% black, 33% white, and 28% Hispanic. But the way it works out because of this uh, just fanatical uh, racial mindset, apparently, among black voters in mm. Chicago, uh, this black-brown coalition means that white and Hispanic uh, candidates can never be elected mayor as mm. it currently stands uh, because the black people simply will not vote for anyone except a black candidate. Well, again, you know, this is an example of why law and order had to be fiction because Arthur, they had Arthur Branch as the DA of Manhattan. That's an elected office. And, you know, the current district... Well, what in the 1990s, that was a lot more realistic. Well, mm. but, uh, Jonathan Turley's got a post up called Plan B from Outer Manhattan. Yeah, good so, Lord. Uh, Plan uh, 9 from Outer Space. But basically, he points out that Trump is probably should have a change of venue from mm -hmm. the trial out of Manhattan because, first of all, the prosecutor was elected on a promise to indict and prosecute Trump. Okay, And secondly, he, uh, he was elected with almost 85% of the vote. Mm. So what are the odds of getting a fair jury? <laughs> Non-existent. Right. And so, but we yeah. already knew that. Yeah. So, you know, talk about uh, uh, crazy voters being dangerous. Look at, uh, here's what's happening in Manhattan. Yeah. You know, it's just, on the other hand, uh, yes. crazy voters are dangerous. Crazy prosecutors that, that get elected are dangerous, too. Uh -huh. Yeah, the kind of people that Alvin Bragg hires, okay? Um, uh, this is... Um, it's New York prosecutor, quote, we know incarceration doesn't really solve any problems. And uh, I illustrate this with a Monopoly card, get out of jail free card, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's chief prosecutor, mm -hmm. Meg Reese, bragged about letting violent criminals and felons off the hook, including a murderer. Mm. Using her restorative justice approach to uh. help them avoid uh, incarceration. Quote, we know incarceration doesn't really solve any problems, she said uh. during a Peace Institute event in May 2021. Mm. Um uh, Reese went on to describe how the Manhattan District Attorney helped a murderer get out of jail time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, right. She, she said the office has a gun diversion program for criminals illegally possessing firearm. Now, okay, criminal possession of a firearm in New York is a Class E felony and carries up to four years in prison and a $5,000 fine. Yeah. But it is her practice, apparently, uh, to try to prevent sending these people to prison. Now, let me tell you something. Let me just tell you something. Felon in possession of a firearm, okay, that is a crime that should always be taken seriously. Very okay? much so. It's a federal crime with a minimum sentence of five years. Yeah. Yeah. And so so they're running this through the Manhattan courts to try right. to And let me let me explain to you that, that not all courts do it or, and not all jurisdictions do it like Manhattan. Um, yeah. a friend of mine who is a lawyer in Virginia was representing a, a woman uh in a uh, a domestic violence situation oh. and her husband who was on parole of course he was uh turned out had a shotgun eep and so uh even though he made uh he, you know he, he was free to go as far as the judge was concerned the two atf agents who were waiting for him in the back of the courtroom 
Took him away. We're not amused. Yeah, yeah. This uh, business of a uh, of uh, going soft on gun crime because yeah. you know these liberals are always talking about the gun control. Well, if you don't enforce the fucking laws. By the way, there was a Republican president when those two ATF agents took notice of that. Yeah. Not a well, not a Democrat. Yeah. Here's a question that I have never sufficiently gotten answered. Um, what, okay, what on earth do they think this diversion program does? I mean, what is their fantasy? Because their restorative justice doesn't protect the quote-unquote community that they are trying to, quote, that they think is being helped. I am completely at a loss here because... Um, you know, um, I have very fortunately never uh, lost anybody to murder, but a friend of mine did, and she said honestly once that when she finally heard about one of the people involved finally uh, getting his comeuppance because lifelong criminal, um, her only sensation was, ah. Yeah. Well, look... Um... The problem is that uh, you and I and Stacy probably use justice with, a, I mean, I, the, maybe my, the, the correct thing to say to this uh, prosecutor is, you keep using that word. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I do not think it means what you think it you means. You think it means. But the thing is, the thing is that, the idea that incarceration doesn't mm. solve any problems. I include a chart here mm -hmm. showing murders in New York City by year. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. And you can look at it, at what happened between 1990 and roughly 2017. Yeah. It got, okay, they went from having over 2,000 murders a year uh, to having fewer than 300, okay? Mm -hmm. And th this happened in, a, in over the span of decades, but the, but the mm -hmm. first decade after what happened between 1990 and 2000 that produced that just the, the violence fell off the cliff. Well, the Rudy Giuliani. Was, Rudy Giuliani and um, broken Bratton. windows policing. Bratton, what was Bratton's name? William. Well, yeah, William, William Bratton. Bratton, the police chief. Uh, they started enforcing uh, everything. Everything. <laughs> yep. And and this had an amazing effect mm -hmm. on uh, the level of violence in the city and and their techniques were then uh, duplicated in jurisdictions all across America mm -hmm. because, because they had what was known as ComStat, mm -hmm. and they used it to analyze where was crime happening and what kind of crimes were going on. And, and, and mm -hmm. enforcing the law can yep. be a, a, a critical thing in getting the right behavior that you're looking for. If mm -hmm. The criminals know that uh, they're, they're going to wind up doing time for something. Also, inf uh, enforcing bad laws is a way to influence the legislature to get rid of them. Classic mm -hmm. example of that was after the double nickel got repealed on the federal level, a lot of states were hanging on to it. Mm -hmm. It didn't last very long in California because the CHP started doing rolling blockades on the freeways running 54 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and no, I mean, seriously, it took 72 mm -hmm. hours for the legislature to repeal, the, the yeah. uh, move the speed limit up. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, anyways, but the, the this uh, business of, of uh, the idea that uh, uh, we can just turn criminals loose uh, ignores mm -hmm. the whole problem of recidivism. And I, I as someone in, by the way, as a, uh, a, a, a teenage hoodlum, I was a teenage hoodlum. Uh, his memoir <laughs> says, but uh, uh, and someone who hung around hoodlums, I know a lot a bit a, a lot directly about the criminal mentality. Okay, and once someone it, cri criminal behavior is largely a matter of habit. Okay, mm. 
And once someone gets into that pattern of behavior, uh, they they you know uh, it's how they live. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I mean, they're they're headed for a bad place, as they used to say. You know, either a jail cell or the graveyard. Okay? Yep. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Stacy. At least you didn't shoot up your high school. Oh, wow. And now we're at the point where we're really going to do crazy people are the dangerous. The official crazy people are dangerous. And I and this is a great one, folks. Mm-hmm. Teen psycho tranny arrested after mm-hmm. planning mass murder at Colorado Middle School. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, yes, I know what you're saying. Pretty sure I saw teen psycho tranny. <laughs> Open for the Talking Heads in 1983. But seriously, <laughs> William Lily Whitworth. Okay, I, I we've got an illustration here, and it's just like it's just like really you're you're going to be a woman, huh? Okay, well, well, he can a, certainly pass for a sissy. Yeah, a 19-year-old former student has been accused of threatening to shoot up multiple schools and churches in Colorado Springs, Colorado, mm-hmm. according to an affidavit from the 18th Judicial Circuit uh, District Attorney's Office, the Elbert County Sheriff's Office filed former formal charges against William Whitworth, who identifies as Lily, mm-hmm. on April 1st. An arrest affidavit obtained by the Daily Caller refers to Whitworth as Lily, but checks off his sex as male. Mm. Whitworth is charged with two counts of criminal attempt to commit murders in the first degree, criminal mischief, menacing, and interferences with staff, faculty, or students of educational institutions. Whitworth's sister called the sheriff's office Mm. to their home reporting multiple threats Whitworth had allegedly made against schools in the area. And Deputy Mike Waters asked Whitworth if he is intended to shoot up a school to which Whitworth nodded his head. Yes, according to the affidavit. Anyways, among the things they found in Whitworth's uh, room uh, was a manifesto uh, several notebooks with drawing of desk setups and floor plans, mm-hmm. including a drawing of a clock apparently to use as a detonation device for bombs, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the, the notebook of all people listed the name of conservative Canadian activist Lauren Southerner and also Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, police also retrieved a copy of the Communist Manifesto as evidence, and uh-huh. so, so this person was uh, looking at uh, three different schools, and they were not just a teen psycho tranny, but a communist too. Well, on the other hand, you also close it out then with a bit more of about Rebecca Jones. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes, and, and uh, I've got a picture of Jackson Jones 13, and, uh, and he's got those dead eyes, uh, you know, and, but uh, not only is, uh, are crazy people dangerous, but uh, uh, craziness is hereditary, I guess. It's starting and to so, look that way. Anyways, but uh, folks, I hear the boogie-woogie piano in the background, which tells me uh, that we are approaching the end of our hour-long podcast, and so uh, we, um, uh, so it's a uh, time to wrap it up. Well, there's not much wrap it up then. Well, well, just hang on a second. We've got to get through one more verse before we do that. But anyways, <laughs> uh, so we will be back next Saturday night at seven o'clock Eastern time. If you want to listen live, of course. Everything is archived, uh, so you can uh, listen on your way to work or whatever you're doing during the week that you might want to hear us, and we'll be back next week. Thank you for joining us, Diana. Anytime. Good night, guys. Good night, Diana. Good night, Stacey. Bye, y'all. Good night, folks. Bye-bye.
Mr. Brilliant. 